0: Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge.
1: Right, Harry Styles canceled his concert, and now Andy's married. What's left? What's left? I mean... <laughs> I, I, I mean, Do, I mean, Do, well, Joe's already married, you know, and so Allie, I'm sure, even she's a little disappointed, right? With those two things, but Gretchen, she's like, hmm, what? I guess, well, at least I have Don. Yeah, <laughs> Andy's Engaged. like one of
2: those. Well, I'm sorry. Andy's like one of those slubs though, that you know, and it's like in the in the uh, in TMZ read, and it's like, oh, did they get did they get married? Did they not? Somebody <laughs> snapped a picture of this through a bush. Oh, and I mean, that's kind of what oh, it's right, like. Right,
1: right, right, right. Well, congratulations to our own Andy Mazer, who evidently is getting married today. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, we knew he was getting married; we just didn't know when. He's been very <laughs> right. sly about
3: it. Yes, well, and good we have for our own Joe
1: Brandt. He's and been. Joe! Out in the He's back. He's been out in the desert. You were lost, and now you are found. Very yeah, nice, Joe. The the prodigal son returns. Yeah, inside. that's yeah. good. Uh, Lindsay is uh, almost done with your coat, so <laughs> she'll get that to you. It'll be a multicolored coat, and uh, we'll play uh, you know music from Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat later. The
4: Perfect. the the coffee was just a little bit cold this morning, guys. I mean, okay. just just <laughs> a little bit. That I remember. <laughs> we I will. We said will you like iced
1: coffee. Right. Yeah, when I have to. <laughs> well, it's that. nice to
4: have you back. It's nice to be back. No, yeah. always always thrilled to uh, jump back on with you guys, and uh, thrilled to fill in for Andy, who's apparently too busy today. Get,
1: <laughs> getting <laughs> married, right? No, no,
4: very happy for him uh, and Melina, and uh, it should be uh, it should be a great day. I, I know I was. He was very excited about it when I was talking to him in the
1: past. As he should be, of course. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I highly recommend marriage. It's a good thing. It's been going good so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and Ellie have been married how long now? Uh two and a half years. It was a fun wedding, right before the world right? shut down. Yeah, it was a fun wedding. We had a lot of fun at that wedding, and uh, and then Don, it's going well. We have everything planned.
0: Yeah, yeah. Gretchen's <laughs> been on top of it. She's uh, now kind of in the stage where she's picking out her bridesmaids' uh, dresses, right. what they want to look like. You know,
1: Joe, uh, since, Joe, since you left us, you know, to go be the uh, host of the Blackhawks pregame, postgame, you know, intermission, that kind of stuff. Don is sort of like uh, he's sort of like um, uh, Johnny Carson. He he, yes. you know he'll be gone for a couple of weeks. He just disappears. We're not quite sure where he goes. <laughs> Joan Rivers fills in for him for a couple of weeks, and then you know, and then he comes back.
4: So. Oh, I thought you were just, just talking great. about his flawless interviewing skills. <laughs> well, no. he's he does have understand. those. He does have those. <laughs> well, thank right. you,
1: thank you very much. Yeah, he does have those. So anyway, it's uh, it's nice to have the group together. So we have a new feature today that we're going to try out, and um, it has to do with uh, our first call. And um, what we're going to do is, you know, normally we wait for you to call us. And so our first call today is sponsored by bathfitter.com forward slash Lou. And then whoever uh, is our first caller, like you're going to text us. This is, the, this is how this is going to work. This is Radio Programming 101, right? So we're, you're going to text me at eight five seven five five seven four lou today during this show. And then next week, we're going to randomly pick, well, why are you giving me that look?
2: (laughs) Well, it's just, that's a long time away.
1: I understand. But if, but so this is going to, this is going to get bigger. It's going to get bigger. The whole idea is I want, I want the first caller at the six o'clock hour to really get something special. Now, right now, the specialness is going to be a hundred year anniversary t-shirt from WGN which is special, but it's not, I want it to be like, you know, a new car. It's not going to be a new car, but it's going to be something like (laughs) that, okay? And so I want, right? (laughs) Just somewhere between the t-shirt and the new car. You get a car and you get a car and you, right, exactly, right, right. You're a lug nut. So, and then if you, (laughs) you, it's like that Johnny Cash uh, song where he builds the whole car, you know, he steals it, you know, I took it one piece at a time and it didn't cost me a dime. You know that song, Johnny Cash? It's a good one. Uh, anyway, I like it when he sings it though. <laughs> <laughs> well, this will be the last time, Joe. <laughs> Stop making the coat. Anyway, um, so uh, and so this so this is how it's going to work. Okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. Right. So we're going to randomly pick someone that is. We're going to call. Okay, and so we have a big wheel, and from the text messages that we received, I'm going to grab the wheel, there we go, and I'm going to spin it, and we're going to stop, and oh, you know, it stopped on Sherry, who's in North Aurora, and we're going to give her a WGN radio t-shirt, okay, for being our first, we're going to call her now. caller hello sherry good morning you're on house Marts radio you're our first caller this morning good morning
3: how
1: are you i'm doing great we're gonna get you a w what wait hold on that one was second
2: amazed that it was, was pretty flawless. good right that was
1: the first time it was i mean we're gonna work on it and Rewind. sherry just so we know sherry we didn't call sherry she called us full disclosure we're just practicing this but you are going to win a wgn t-shirt and you will be eligible to text us later when once we figure out like if you could win a car i don't think that's going to happen but it could be something bigger (laughs) but anyway thank you for playing along for our very first don't call us we'll call you first call sponsored by bathfitter.com forward slash lou how may i help you this morning good morning
5: um We've got a problem that we just can't figure out. We've got a smell coming from our sink. We have from our kitchen sink. It has a disposal, and it's right next to the dishwasher. We've tried effervescence cleaners. We've tried all kinds of things to put down the drain, and we cannot get rid of this smell. It's almost like a dirty mop.
1: That's a good time. Okay, let me ask you this. Um I know it sounds like you are driving, but do you know if your dish, yes. if your washing machine, does it drain into the um, into the disposal?
5: Yes, yes,
1: it does. It do- Who's that guy in the background? Uh,
5: that would be my husband who put it all together.
1: What's his name?
5: <laughs> his name is
1: Keith. Keith. Okay, so ask Keith if he knows this. Did he provide a loop, a trap? in the uh, hose coming from the dishwasher into the disposal
4: uh probably no
1: okay so keith when you brought that hose in from the uh dishwasher into the sink base i'm assuming right does it come in at the bottom of the cabinet or the top of the cabinet Okay, and then from there, it just kind of goes up, and then you have it on that little nipple that comes out of the uh, uh, disposal? Correct. I need a trap. So what's happening is you're getting, and- the, you're getting the odor from the dishwasher in that line, and one of the tricks is, although you probably already cut the hose, is that people will you'll, <clears throat> you'll either take the hose from the bottom and give me a big arch and a loop, and then come in, or you'll come you'll drill the hole at the top of the cabinet, come there and drop down and come up and create like a little gooseneck with the hose so it holds a little water. okay, does that make sense? That can be done. So yes, if, if you don't have enough hose because you cut it, you may need to um, you may need to uh, get a new drain hose so you have enough length on it, although you can also. You can buy a piece and splice it together with a little uh, fitting and a couple of hose clamps too you know if you want to make your life a little easier okay so if you provide that trap i bet that'll solve the problem i'm assuming this odor came after this all got set up after like a week or so oh no actually it's we've had the
5: kitchen done what with- Seven years, eight years? Okay. Yeah. So I mean this this just like out of the blue started. So we've, okay. we've tried cleaning okay. the dishwasher and
0: scrubbing right, everything right. else.
1: So, so try the try the loop. The other thing too is there could be debris and uh, food particles under the flap of the disposal. If you take a um, toilet brush with the with the disposal off, put it down inside the disposal pour a little pine salt and scrub the side walls of the disposal and and in particular the bottom side of the rubber fitting you know where all the food goes down on the back side of that that also could be causing the odor oh
5: gotcha okay
1: all right Sherry
5: We will certainly try it. Sherry, thank you fan. for being our first <laughs>
1: caller for Don't call us, we'll call you and for playing along. You're the best. And that guy you're married to, he's not so bad oh either. <laughs> 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 I think I'll keep him. Keep him, right, right. He sounds like he's Sounds like he's, ve- sounds like he's yeah. very handy.
5: He is. He's, uh, he's redone the entire kitchen, and now he's doing a bathroom, so right. well, I'm very lucky.
1: Remember remember what they say, Sherry. If you're not good-looking, you might as well be handy.
5: There you go. There, for, <laughs> that works for both of
1: us. <laughs> Have a lovely day.
5: Thank you. You too. Take Thanks, care.
1: Bye bye. Eight five seven five five seven four Lou. Eight five seven five five seven four five six eight is our phone number. It is six twenty three in the morning. We will take a quick break and be back right after this. Rocky and What does she go. think? Sorry. Rocky. She three. loves it. Rocky <laughs> three. Anybody? Rocky three. Can do we remember Rocky three? What is the thing from Rocky three that is like the most the weirdest thing? So Rocky three is is where. Clubber Lane, Mr. T, is introduced. Right. Right? And so, you know, pain, I predict pain, right? That's like the big line. But now Apollo Creed is training rocky you remember that yeah on the beach and on the beach okay and then there's a, like a whole thing about rocky they're racing on the beach and rocky gives up and you know he's like what's the matter with you this and well then you know then the music turns and then the, in the final thing they race and rocky beats apollo creed racing down the beach which i don't buy for a second but anyway <laughs> um then they awkwardly hug like jumping around in the water right. hugging each other and it yeah. is like the most uncomfortable two men in like short shorts <laughs> like short shorts hugging like in a weird way it's yeah. like they're in like the knee high water yeah in the- <laughs> It is really the strange. weirdest scene you've ever seen. I mean, it's like <laughs> either hug each other or don't. Right? I, you know, it's stop like, jumping around. I, right. They, it was a weird thing. It was just that if you if you Google it and you go to YouTube, I'm sure that it comes up, and it is the weirdest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. fully Raggy. Raggy. what's Opioid Pain Clubber Lane, Mr. T, Mr. Chicago's very own Mr. T. Eight five seven five five seven four Lou eight five seven five five seven four five six eight is our phone number. Let's go back to the phone lines. Uh, this is Lou who is in Hammond. Hey Lou, good morning.
6: Uh, good morning, Lou. Thanks a lot for taking the call. Sure. Uh, I've got a washer. Uh, it goes through all the cycles and works fine. Water drains out. Uh, then after uh, it's completed everything. I've got a dripping from the top. It it drips constantly. I I took off the drain hose and it was clear. And then I shut off the water source, hot and cold, and after a couple hours I checked and it was still dripping. So I don't really know what it could
1: be. This is a washing machine. Yes, sir. Top load. Yes. Okay. And so and the water comes in from like a corner when it's filling? From the top, yes. Okay. But even after... That's sh-
6: why I thought but, maybe the, the, something with the uh, you, water, right. the, the seals were uh, bad or but something. But you,
1: you said that even when you shut off the supply line, the hot and cold to the unit, you still get dripping into the tank.
6: Yeah, after a couple hours, I don't know if that wasn't long enough to leave it off. Hmm. If I should have left it off longer and checked, but
1: well, let's let's do that. Let let's do this. Let's try that again. If you if you can replicate the dripping and you turn off the hot and cold water and leave it, and maybe put um like if it doesn't do it right away, you know, put a paper towel or uh, toilet paper at the bottom of the uh, of the drum to see if it drips the water. And with the water off, if it's still dripping. Right. Well, then it's got to be the solenoid that's inside the washing machine that either is clogged or needs to be replaced. And then the question becomes, what's the age of this washing machine? Uh, it's
6: it's probably on its last leg. Right. Uh, you know, so
1: 12, you know, 13 it, years. it'll be it'll be like one hundred and fifty or one hundred and seventy bucks to just get a, um, a service call plus the parts, which I guarantee you will be at least at least hundred bucks. So now we're into this thing for two two, $2 fifty to fix you know a sixteen year old washing machine, and right, you know right. even with you know the I mean the supply chain thing on on appliances seem to be getting improving a little bit, and uh, you know you can buy a new top load washer for probably five six hundred bucks.
6: Right. So if I shut off the water and and leave it for several hours, and it does stop the dripping. Then it could be,
1: well, then it's still, the it could be the solenoid in the washing machine, or it could be the valve uh, on on either one of the, ultimately, there's a solenoid in the washing machine. So if it's still leaking there, right, the the other way to do this, if you're going to do this and test it all for the valves, shut the water off, okay, do the paper towel trick, then disconnect the hoses from the back of the washing machine and put those in a bucket, and then see if those okay. leak. You'll know right away if those leak. If those don't leak at all, then we know it's the solenoid inside the washing machine, and then you just have to make a decision about what's the best use of spending your money. Lou, I appreciate the phone call. Um, by the way, after uh, this report of news from Don, I'm going to talk with... Um, the pe- no, aren't I talking to the Meekum people at 635? Isn't that right? Yeah, uh, classic cars. There's this great auction coming up uh, at uh, the Schomburg Convention Center. I'm going to talk to the CEO of Meekum Auctions about all the cool cars. Let me tell you, the whole thing about how you can't, can't find a new car, you know, Lindsay, you were like thinking about a new car. You just need to go there and get your classic Jeep uh, Wagoneer from 1973. I bet they have one. Anyway, we're going to have that conversation after this report of WGN Radio News from Don Kleppen. I grew up uh, in the car industry. My father owned a Texaco Station, and one of the things that my dad used to do was work on all these classic '60s and '70s cars that uh, a bunch of the young guys used to race up at uh, at the drag strip. And he he'd soup these things up, and so I was around these cars my whole life. It's funny. You know, we hear a lot about the car industry now and how there's not a lot of inventory. No, you know, there's a chip shortage. But I have something I want to talk about today that has nothing to do with the chips. Actually, there's a whole bunch of cars available, and they're cars that you've always wanted. Uh, joining me on the phone line is Dave Majors, who's the CEO of Meekum Auctions. They're going to be holding an auction out at the Schaumburg Convention Center October 13th through the 15th. Uh, Dave, good morning, and welcome to Housemarts Radio.
7: Good morning, Lou. And thanks for having me on. We're we're very excited and and uh, anticipating another great event out at the Schaumburg Convention Center uh, coming up here shortly in the middle of uh, the middle of October, as you mentioned.
1: The, the, there's no uh, no issue with the with the chips uh, for most of the cars that you guys have on auction, correct? <laughs>
7: Yeah, I think when you get back to the 60s and 70s uh, with American muscle cars, I'm not sure we even knew what a chip was back then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think it came in a bag and we used to eat them. That's what it was. Um, <laughs> I think that's uh, right. Uh, Dave, uh, you know, Meekum Auctions has, has been around for a very long time. Uh, y- you folks actually are, are are locally based, right? Your your very first auction was in Rockford back in the late 80s, correct?
7: Yeah, uh, that's where everything started uh, back in 1988 when uh, Dana Meekham and Patty Meekham had their first auction, and uh, a lot of good stories about that auction. Unfortunately, it didn't uh, it didn't go very well. Uh, right before the auction started, a tornado oh. uh, hit the facility and kind of destroyed the entire
1: oh, auction. Oh my and gosh, Dana.
7: Dana Meekum tells the story that, you know, after that first uh, complete disaster, he said to Patty, well, we've got nothing to lose now. We might as well give it another (laughs) shot. Well,
1: I love his optimism. We could all learn from that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, And and you've been going strong uh, ever since. Um, I I, I know that you folks have sort of maintained your ability to do the auctions, even over the past few years, uh, with a, a slight pause. But... But demand and response has really been quite strong, hasn't it?
7: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, for, for a variety of reasons. I think when when the pandemic hit, hit um, we were actually at auction uh, in Glendale, Arizona. And it uh, hit right in the middle of our auction is when the world started to shut down. And mm. we took a couple of months off and figured out how to go back to having live auctions with, uh, actually a live audience. Um, and, and during that period of two months, we completely revamped our internet bidding system. Right. And, uh, you know, our thought was really at the time that we're going to get a lot of internet bidders, but nobody's going to come to the auction itself. And we were partially right, partially wrong. Uh, when we held that first auction coming back in July of 2020, uh, we had a full house in Indianapolis at the, at the fairgrounds there. And, we also had 1,700 Internet bidders, which was a jump from what normally we would see of about 50 Internet bidders for a particular auction. So the combination of us having gone back to auction and and having that uh, big influx of bidders, particularly the Internet bidders, has really... Uh, started to drive prices up, and we've seen that happen now ever since the summer of 2020, actually.
1: I am, um, you know, I'm certainly a, a fan of buying on the Internet, but as being one who's been to uh, the Mecham auction uh, out there at the Schomberg Convention Center, it's been a couple of years, but I've been at others as well, uh, your competitors. You have to go to this thing because I, I remember a, f- a few years ago I, I toured the facility prior to the event, Uh, And we'll talk a little bit about that because we have an opportunity for some listeners to do the same thing. But um, under a giant tent, all the cars that were waiting to to roll across the stage where all the bidders were – it is literally. I felt like a child in a candy store with like a with a twenty dollar bill because you could just spend. You know, you, it was just some, Well, I like that one over there. I, well, look at that one over there. I mean, it's the type of thing where you know the camera or the internet only shows you that one thing, but when your eyes open up and you see this giant facility, it is just amazing.
7: Yeah, and, and you know there are there is a subset of the collector car hobby that's purely transactional that's it's all about buying and selling for them and and the internet works out fine but for the majority of car collectors as you are and i am it's all about being in the environment talking to other car collectors uh, getting to see the car you know kick the tires as they say sit in the car start the motor and then and then again just being a part of the spectacle that is mecham auctions just being a part of the fun and the the noise and the excitement of being there.
1: I have a description uh, in front of me of some of the cars that are going to be out there. Um, there's a pair of 1970 Chevrolet Chevelles, and they're the LS6s, the first in a special order car, equipped with the LS6 454. 450 horsepower engine and they're dressed in tuxedo black i mean that description at all i'm like okay when does this thing open i'd like to see these cars (laughs) They just sound beautiful i i
7: I, i'm with you i i i love those cars and like so many of us we have a we have some kind of a special attraction to individual cars and that one for me uh, when i turned 16 years old my brother-in-law was about 10 years older than i was and he had just bought a brand-new one of those, and he threw me the keys and let me take it out for a couple of hours. So that's kind of the first car that I ever drove that had that kind of horsepower, and and what a mistake that is to give that to a 16-year-old kid. But he will (laughs) never know that. (laughs) He will never know what happened in those hours. No,
1: (laughs) he never will. Uh, It is so interesting. Uh, Have you, Dave, have you noticed that – you know we hear a lot about inventory obviously with new car dealers but in the in the world of 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 auctions and classic cars are is the inventory amount that's available for uh, potential buyers or even people i mean look i know that obviously you're encouraging people to come out there and bid and purchase these cars but you're also encouraging people to just come to the event because i think it's just something to see as well and tickets are affordable and it's a fun uh weekend outing uh because you've got uh, swag that you can buy, right? You've got a gift shop, the whole nine yards going on the whole thing. But is inventory, yeah, uh, next- let me get back to my first question, is the inventory that's available for the bidders, uh, is that strong for you guys?
7: Well, we we go back, again, I'll go back almost two years now um, since we went back to auction. And since that time, with the exception, I, I, I'm, I'm going to kind of round the numbers here, but I think we probably had somewhere around 25 events uh, since going back to the auction in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. And of those 25 events, 23 of them have set event records. Wow. And they've set event records both for the number of cars that are at the auction and for the total sales uh, dollars at, at that particular auction, and also the number of registered bidders for the auction. So what happened, it's the it's the old it's little supply and demand, uh, we had a huge influx of new bidders coming to the auctions, which made a lot of competition for cars. That drove up the prices of the cars sure. that were being sold. And when when owners of cars, you know, I've, hey, I've got one of those sitting in my garage. I didn't know they were getting that kind of money for those cars. I'm going to sell mine now because prices are good. So we saw we saw demand skyrocket, and then shortly after that, supply. Uh, started to increase dramatically to you know to again achieve that balance and we are we are still seeing a lot more competition for cars than than there are cars available, even though there 's been a huge increase in the number of cars that have come to auction
1: I know you um, you know you get uh, people selling cars from all over the country, but this particular one in schomburg because you know you guys are are locally based you 've got a, a fair amount of people selling their cars that are local, correct.
7: Yeah, I, with the exception of the uh, the Indianapolis auction, the Monterey, California, the, the the whole Pebble Beach auction in August, and the Kissimmee auction, the world's largest collector car auction that we hold in uh, Florida every January, the rest of our auctions, uh, most of the cars will come from somewhere around six-hour radius wow. uh, around the auction itself. So you'll you'll see cars in Chicago and Schaumburg that that will come from farther away than that, but a lot of them are, are local, local, of course. You know, Chicago itself is a huge uh, collector car market. Uh, there are a number of collectors, a number of very prominent collections in Chicago, and so uh, there's just a lot of great cars that come out of come out of Chicago itself. People... this one, this auction is a little bit uh, uh, unusual for us, Lou, in that this is the first time we or any other collector car auction company are actually holding two auctions in two cities on the same weekend. Oh, wow. So not only will we be holding an auction in Chicago uh, that weekend, the 13th through the 15th of October, but we are also having an auction in Chattanooga, Tennessee on the exact same weekend. So, that's going to be an interesting challenge for us that we've uh, we've split our staff and, and be able to do that.
1: Well, it's a, it's a good thing we're having this conversation because, you know, House Smarts Radio, we're number five in Chattanooga, Tennessee on the stream. I'm just making that up. But we do, we do have people that listen to us from all over the country. I, I have a question, Dave. You know, if people are listening to this, you mentioned about the fact that uh, cars are commanding, you know, a pretty high price. If there are people listening who exactly what you said, boy, I got that old Chevelle sitting in my garage. You know, I don't drive it that much. Is it too late for them to contact you to possibly put that within your inventory, or or is that something you can do rather, pretty quickly?
7: No, that that's something that uh, you know if they're thinking about that for for the Schomburg auction, um, they should probably be contacting us you know today or early next week. Um, we we still have plenty of time, and of course. Uh, we have we have cars that are consigned to our auction the day the auction starts. Wow! But we always encourage sellers to to contact us as far in advance as they can because we are nothing if not a marketing machine, and the more time we have to market your car, yeah, the better the outcome will sure.
1: be. Sure. Uh, the Meacham Chicago Land Auction will be at the Schaumburg Convention Center, which is at 1551 Thoreau Drive North in Schaumburg. October thirteenth through the fifteenth, admission is twenty dollars in advance. You can get those online. Thirty dollars at the door and online uh, after uh, October twelfth. Uh, you can get per person per day. Children twelve and younger receive complimentary admission. Uh, the gates open daily at eight a.m. Uh, the vehicles start at one p.m. on Thursday and at ten a.m. on Friday and Saturday. You can also watch the event. Uh, there's a TV schedule at Motor Trend TV. And Motor Trend Plus, if you go there, you'll see all the times are are scheduled as well. We have a little bit of a a little giveaway, too, that we need to talk about where listeners will have a chance to preview the collection. And I was excited about this because I get to go, too. On October 12th with with me... uh, if you enter to win at the contest page at com, you and a guest could win a VIP tour of the meekum Auctions on Wednesday the 12th. We're going to do that for about an hour in the morning of the 12th. I'm going to be there, and I think we're going to be uh, touring it with your uh, TV host as well. Uh, to kind of see the event and i, I was speaking with your marketing yeah. folks uh prior to our conversation and and they said that uh if they would like to return for the auction once it opens uh they were going to provide complimentary tickets for them as well which i thought was very nice
7: absolutely and it's you know it's always great to spend some time with john cream he is an encyclopedia of yeah. collector cars and uh, people just can't get enough of, of listening to john talk about uh, talk about all of the cars that'll be there, or even cars that they might have questions about. So it's a it's a great opportunity to get a one on one with with yourself and, and with John Cremon as well.
1: What is the uh, website where people can go if they want to see what's going to be at the auction, if they want to consider possibly uh, bringing their car down to be uh, auctioned off by you guys? Where do they go?
7: Yeah, if you go to Meacham dot com, dot com, you'll see uh, a complete listing with beautiful pictures of all uh roughly a thousand cars that will be coming to Chicago and then there's uh, you know also all of the information about uh buying tickets, registering to bid. Uh there'll be some assistance there if someone is looking to consign a car. Uh parking, everything you need to know about coming to to Schaumburg to to see Meekum auctions will be there at mecum.com.
1: October 13th through the 15th at the Schomburg Convention Center. Dave Majors is the CEO of Mecham Auctions. Dave, it's always nice to speak with you. Good luck with the event in both cities, and thanks for taking the time this morning.
7: Thank you, Lou. I wish, wish I was going to see you in Chicago, but I'm going to be in Chattanooga. All
1: right. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. You're listening to House Marts Radio with me, Lou Manfredini. Our phone number is 857-557-4LOU, lou 857- 857 Five five seven four five six eight we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be back right after this uh, and you you and I have to put together that video at some point I've been taking all those videos and I need to do the wrap-up and yep. we're gonna Lindsay and I are gonna put this whole video series together and put it up on our YouTube page if you go to youtube.com slash house smarts TV um, we're gonna do a little before and after transformation I, I I shot a bunch of the video I didn't really talk a lot about the cabinets that I was building because I really wanted it to be more about painting the kitchen cabinets. It, it is such a, it is such an amazing way to transform a kitchen. It really is, and um, and of course, you know, adding new countertops. That's kind of the jewel on the whole thing. But um, if you're just looking. To change the whole look, and it's funny, you know, everybody's got a ton of opinions. You know, when I post all these things, like, oh, I like the original. That's great, everybody. You're all entitled to your opinion, right? But sometimes just having a little bit of a change and a little, um, you know, obviously the gray is very on trend right now, and you're know, like, oh, you're going to get tired of that. Well, then I'll paint them again. You know what I mean? <laughs> you could even, I mean, when you think about. When you think about some of the trends when it comes to kitchens, I am old enough to remember when we were building houses that the new trend was stainless steel appliances. Now that is almost forty years ago, and I can remember talking to Mike about this, going, "Wow, stainless appliances kind of you know kind of feels like a it kind of feels like a, a restaurant, right, you industrial know? Or right? Industrial, right? Industrial and this and that and." um and I remember having the conversation 40 years ago. Boy, I wonder how long this because back then it was everybody had white appliances in their kitchen, or or maybe black. You know, black was uh, also a, a trend early with the stainless. And uh, and look at 40 years later. That's all anybody right. still wants is stainless appliances. Yeah. It's not everybody, but you look at the vast majority. If you go to any, if you go to any Pinterest pictures on a, about a kitchen, you'll see that. And the other thing that is still very popular is white cabinets. White cabinets have never gone out of, uh, of fashion. And, uh, you know, painting the cabinets is not that hard of a job. It's time-consuming, but the end result is great. So we're going to put that video together. Um, I highly recommend, if you're looking for a change, new countertops, a little paint job, maybe some new hardware. You'll be amazed, and it's not a huge uh, thing. Okay super behind uh i apologize but we had lots to do today so let me catch up on a little bit of business uh, don go get another cup of coffee we'll be back right after this
8: yeah good morning Luke. thanks for taking my call long time listener a uh, matter, matter of fact i met you a couple times the misericordia well before the uh, covid nonsense
1: so, uh well well nice to good not, thank you and nice to speak thank with you me. this morning how may i help you
8: uh i moved to indian head park about Two and a half years ago, and we have a large uh, limestone fireplace in the floor to ceiling. And uh, naturally, my wife doesn't like the color, so she <laughs> wants to paint it. So, what kind of prep work do I need, and what kind of paint do you suggest for something like this?
1: So, you said it's limestone, and it goes all the way up to uh, to the ceiling,
8: floor to ceiling. It's, a, it's really, really a, a big fireplace.
1: And is it a is it a um um, a cathedral ceiling or does it go like eight feet, 10 feet? How tall is it?
8: Uh, it's about a, uh, we have about uh, eight or nine feet ceilings.
1: Right. Okay. All right. I mean, the thing is on the face of it, you know, once you paint this, you've painted it. Right. And, um, right. And it will be, um, it will, it will be virtually impossible to ever go back to it. If you were going to do it, I, uh, I mentioned before the break that I had been working on this kitchen project and there is a bonding primer that I used and it's by Insul-X I N S L X I-N-S-L-X. okay and it's called mm-hmm. a, it's a bonding primer it's a waterborne product and it literally sticks to anything so what I would Excellent. what I would do is um, you know set yourself up with a um, you know drop cloth. It is super sticky, so you really have to be careful about not getting it on other surfaces. Because I made the mistake of not doing enough taping off on areas, and I I actually sprayed it, which you actually could do this, which. But it would take a lot of prep work. Probably just brushing and rolling it on would make the most sense for you. But before that, take, a, um, take like a stiff brush or a broom. Wipe down the surface of the limestone. Any loose material, if there's a loose mortar joint or something like that, make that repair first. Then, with a combination of a brush and maybe a thick nap roller, Put this primer on the whole thing, top to bottom. Once that primer is on, the big thing with this bonding primer is it needs to cure for about 16 hours, right? So if you did it on a Saturday, you know, wait till the next day before you would do the finished paint, and then you can paint it with anything. I would just use a an interior paint and primer in one to, you know, of the color of, Her choice. (laughs) Because it's not your color. Naturally. Naturally. (laughs) But but the thing, too, the other thing that I will tell you as well, with that bonding primer, so if you go over the top of it with with another, like, paint and primer in one, you know, it can be a Benjamin Moore or Sherwin-Williams, whatever it might be, um, Mm -hmm. that paint, when you paint it, will take a good two weeks to cure. It will be hard, and it'll dry within, like, four hours, but... Um, You know, if you went there with your fingernail, you could probably peel it away. It needs to bond uh, over a certain period of time with that bonding primer. But once it does, it's really solid.
8: Okay. Sounds like it. Where would I get the primer at, Luke?
1: Uh, Good paint store, uh, good hardware store, um, and uh, it's called Insulex. It's actually owned by Benjamin Moore. Why are you giving me that look? It is Insulex primer. I but,
2: believe, because <laughs> no, I'm you trying don't. To, you, it's like a funny way to spell it. So I'm going inslux, looks but I
1: insole hyphen X, a hyphen X, <laughs> Insel X Primer. <laughs> <laughs> I, the, I, get, I get a lot of criticism here, Mike, all the time. Oh. It's hard. It's not easy, right? You and me, you're painting the fireplace. Oh, I'm, I'm getting, you know, second yeah. guessed all the time. You and me together, Mike.
8: Does, does Ace carry this product?
1: They do. They do. If they're if Excellent. they if they are if they are a Benjamin Moore dealer, they should have this product in stock. Inselects bonding primer.
8: Excellent. Good. Thanks for your help. You got it. But appreciate I,
1: pre- it. I appreciate you calling this morning. Eight five seven five five seven four Lou. Eight five seven five five seven four five six eight is our phone number. Let's do this. We'll take a quick break and we'll be back right after this.
9: Good morning, Lou. Uh, I have a problem with windows. I have two Pella windows. They were installed installed in the 90s. Okay. And I think they were referred to as tilt windows. They're, you know, the upper and lower panels. And what's happened is in recent years, the lock doesn't seem to hold the bottom one closed. We don't use them as tilt windows. They never really worked well. The idea was you could clean them from the inside. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, they, the the bottom panel raises about three-quarters of an inch. And, of course, the cold comes in. I can close it, and then all of us, you know, put the lock on. And an hour later or next day, they've popped open again that three-quarters
1: inch. So, Eileen, the, these are double-hung windows, right? So, in other words, the yes. sash above, you can slide down, and then the bottom one can slide up. Exactly. Okay. Now, um a lot of times on those older Pella windows, I'm familiar with them, there is a, a, there's a there's a weather stripping between the two sashes that is like a groove, like a male and a female groove, that the window sashes have to line up. In other words, what I want you to try before you... Pella does have a like technical people that you can call that will... For a fee, come out and look at the window. But before you do that, unlock the window and push the top window all the way up, okay? And if you, uh-huh. if you have someone that can help you, while you're holding that window up, position the lower sash, and what can happen is the, the top portion, the horizontal portion of the window, can have a little bow in it. So it's not perfectly straight, meaning that when you go to lock it, it's not locking firmly with the mechanism, nor are the pieces of weather stripping lining up. And so Mm -hmm. with, with someone holding the window up, if you push the lower sash down while pushing the center of the window where the lock mechanism is to try and force those two things to connect, then if you lock the window, if it's able to lock in there, you should be able to accomplish, you know, ultimately locking and sealing the window. If that does not work, and the fact that these are windows that are, you know, 30 years old, almost, right. um, uh, you may either have to contact Pella and see if they can send a technical person out to fix that, or... Uh, a handyman service might be able to help you with something like this as well, you know, that they can come out and uh, and make some repair, add some weather stripping to the windows to make sure they work. Uh, uh, other than the fact that they don't lock and, they, and the cold air comes in, are the windows sound? They're not? Uh, yes. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're in good, very good condition. Okay, so they're not, uh, you know, they're, they're not foggy or anything like that.
9: No. there's a double panel that you can take off to wash Um,
1: right right so try try what i mentioned and see if that works if not if you can't if you go to pella's website there should be a link there or a phone number for uh technical help and see if you can hire them to come out and fix these windows
9: sounds like a plan
1: sounds very good Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You got it, Eileen. I appreciate you calling this morning as well. Oh, I wanted to tell you about Misericordia is having a job fair that is uh, coming up. Uh, They're excited to announce they're hosting a job fair. You know, lots of jobs out there. And if you want to work at a place where you can truly make a difference in the lives of people and feel good about where where you go to work every single day, then put this on your calendar, Friday, October 14th from 2 to 6 p.m., they're having a job fair at 2001 West Devon. The zip code is 60659. It's an on-site interview area. They'll take place for all positions. Come prepared with the current resume, proof of current vaccinations, including booster if eligible. Uh, you know there, There's a lot of people at risk there, so we want to make sure that we're not putting them at risk when you're coming there to interview. Uh, and they have a place for you on their team. Misericordia's job fair That'll be happening on Friday, October 14th, from 2 to 6 p.m. That's at 2001 West Devon Avenue, 60659. And uh, they'll have these on-site interviews will take place for all positions. And just bring your resume, proof of vaccinations, and good luck. You could find a career uh, that is meaningful and, um, and just a... Fabulous place to work with a bunch of terrific people. All right, when we come back, it's our new to too, 2, and um, this is a good one, especially with uh, people getting ready to do some climbing up on ladders. Uh, I just recently had to climb up on a ladder, too, and fix a soffit, and I could have used this. Well, not really. It wouldn't have worked in my application, but it's a good one to keep you safe, in particular if you're still, uh, like me, a little stubborn when it comes to climbing up on that ladder. You just want to make sure that you have... Everything that keeps you uh, safe when you're climbing up on that ladder. That's our Noodaloo 2 coming up after this report of WGN Radio News. Coming up on the time of year when people are going to be getting up on ladders, I do it myself. Um, I am doing it less and less, though. You know, I'm finding myself that uh, I just got, you know, you got to be smart about it. Like now I'm quite, you know, where I used to jump up on the roof and, yeah, okay, I'll do this, whatever. And, uh, I mean, I'm still spry enough and in Mm, shape enough but you know you also got to be smart because it it literally um this noodle or two is not inexpensive but it's way less expensive than a new hip
2: More than 90,000 people receive emergency room treatment from ladder-related injuries every year. 90,000! That's like two sold-out baseball stadiums. Crazy. If you're someone who finds yourself up a ladder often, literally speaking, or knows somebody who does, this week's New Tolu 2 is going to make ladder safety easy. Lockjaw Ladder Grip is a device invented by a father-son duo out of Australia that quickly and easily secures and stabilizes your ladder to the gutter to prevent ladder movement. It can be applied in just five seconds with one hand, on the left side or the right side, and no cumbersome bolts or tie-offs. Let me tell you, with this thing, your ladder's not going anywhere. It's made of UV-treated nylon and steel, and to me, it kind of resembles a packing tape dispenser gun. You know, that thing when you're packing up and taping boxes. Grip the handle with one hand, and their patented rubber-padded adjustable jaw mechanism will lock onto your gutter while protecting it from damage. The Lockjaw works on most gutters with the exception of plastic and wooden box gutters. And the company makes it clear it should not be used on unstable gutters. Whether you're a roofer, an inspector, or just cleaning your gutters or putting up twinkling lights for the holidays ahead, ladder safety is no joke. The company actually has tons of testimonials on their website. You think it can't happen to you, but wow, some of these stories are super crazy and super scary. Lockjaw Ladder Grip goes for 129 bucks for one. Which is all you need, but if you prefer one on each side, they offer a two-pack for two thirty-five. For more information, visit Lose House Smarts YouTube channel and be sure to click the subscribe button while you're there.
1: Yeah, it's a good one, and uh, that is uh, an inexpensive price to pay to make sure that you're safe up on a ladder. And if you're going to be doing, you know, Lindsay, bring up a good point. People are going to start decorate and do that kind of stuff, and you get. Um, we all get a little complacent. Oh, just to pop up there real quick. And it does not all the take time. much. And when you look at the stories and you talk to people about getting injured on ladders, uh, it's serious. So please be careful uh, and check it out. So a Noodaloo to 2 that could uh, really help keep you safe up there. It actually won, I think you mentioned, but best new product at the International Roofing Expo in 2020, which is pretty cool eight five seven five five seven four it's up on our YouTube page uh go to youtube dot com slash house TV eight five 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 seven four five six eight is our phone number uh let's go back to the phone lines now and talk with uh, Ron- uh Rhonda who is in Buffalo Grove hi Rhonda. you're on house smarts radio yes
10: i uh, I have luxury vinyl planking and there's a little scratch and I want to know how to fix it
1: mm yeah you we, I, You've tried everything and it's not coming out. No. What do I do? Well, there's um, you know, on the luxury vinyl, there's a wear layer on top of it, which is um, basically like a clear film that is to prevent those scratches. But if you can't, you know, buff it out with a little um, uh, Scotch Brite pad gently or anything like that. You probably have to replace that one plank. My guess is it's right in the center where you see it all the time? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any extra planking left?
10: Yeah, but it's... I don't know how how I would do that. It's like the whole house.
1: No, I understand. And and you would... When did you have this installed?
10: Uh, Two weeks ago.
1: Okay. All right. So whomever installed it, they could cut out that one panel and put down the new panel. It, I mean, if you ended up scratching it, they're going to charge you for that, but the fact that you just had this done two weeks ago, you know, I would imagine that the installer would be willing to come back and do that for you.
11: Okay, is
10: there any is there any way I could, um, you know, like, I tried the turtle wax?
1: No. You're, with the fact that you have a floor that's only two weeks old, the better yeah. option for you is to just have them replace that one plank, which can be done. You, they just have mm-hmm. they have to cut it out and then they pop the new one in. It absolutely can be done. It's not. It's tricky, but people that install these floors all the time know how to do it. And then you'll then just make sure that you have felt pads and um, you know the proper. Uh, coverings on any flooring material you know the chairs and the tables anything you're going to put across that table uh, excuse me across that floor uh, to protect it that that's what you want to make sure but there's nothing you can buff it out or 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 eliminate that scratch if you've already tried just with water and a sponge
3: oh okay
1: sorry about that thank you you're welcome I'm, I'm it just you know at that point with a brand new floor that's what I would do for sure Eight five seven five five seven four Lou. Let's get one more call in here. This is Ronnie in Orland Park. Hi Ronnie, you're on House Radio. Good morning. Good
12: morning, and how are you today?
1: I am doing fantastically well. How about you?
12: Good. I'm doing well also, and I'll feel even better if you can answer a question
1: for me. <laughs> okay, let me see what I can do.
12: Okay. For the past couple of weeks, you have been talking about a company that installs grab bars and makes it easier for people who have uh, disability issues yep. get around better. Yep. Could you possibly give me the name of that company and the phone number?
1: the The name of the company is Access. Apps. Access. A-P-P. Like like access like accessibility.
12: Oh, okay.
1: Okay. And um their website is allaboutaccess.com. dot com.
12: All out
1: app access. All, no 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 hold on. All the, about I'm sorry. That's okay. All about access dot com. about access dot com? Right. And uh they're very good. And uh actually have a, I, I have their phone number if you'd like it
12: oh this is wonderful
1: all right ready okay 844 844- okay. 844 i l like illinois i l i i l lifts l i f t s l i
12: f t and s oh okay Oh, that's wonderful. I've been trying to catch the number, and I never could, and now I did it.
1: They, um, they. Well, you said when you called, you're, you're going to be even better if I can answer that question, so I, I'm thinking I'm a winner. Winner chicken dinner this morning.
12: <laughs> okay, kind of early in the morning for chicken, isn't it?
1: <laughs> not if you're hungry. Not if you're hungry enough.
12: Yeah, you're right. right.
1: Um, Listen to me, the people at Access are terrific. Um, They have, uh, all I do is hear good things about the work that they do. And they actually also Uh helped a friend of mine who uh, needed a little help as well and did a very nice job for them. So they'll take very good care of you.
12: Oh, thank you so very much and enjoy your day.
1: You too, Ronnie. Appreciate you calling this morning. Eight five seven five five seven four Lou House March Radio with me, Lou Manfredini, seven forty seven in the morning. We'll take a quick break and be back right after this.
11: Hi, good morning, Lou. I'm first time caller, but I listen to you often.
1: <laughs> You're so nice. Thank you so much. And thank you for calling. How may I help you?
11: Okay. Um I've had a service contract with and I'm not gonna name the company. Uh, for years and years and years for uh, the two spring and fall um, inspection of my furnace, and my furnace is um, approximately twelve years old. Okay, um, I was expecting them just to send the technician out and fix it, but they added a salesman when um, to the to the crew, so to speak, and he tried to sell me this. Advantage, advantage, uh, program where you don't really own it, but you're paying monthly for anything that happens that goes wrong with it, and it stretches out for 10 years. And I don't know, midway through, I just didn't feel like I was getting the right answers, the right numbers. I'm an accountant. Um, and wait. I'm also by myself so okay
1: wait let me let me ask you some uh, is it did is your furnace broken?
11: No, there were two things he said they they uh, the technician said there was a uh, igniter could go, and then something else could go and um they gave me a price of about seventeen hundred to fix it
1: okay. And then, and then this advantage thing that you talked about—that would be a monthly thing that you would pay on the current furnace that you have. No,
11: you would get a new. It's it's for a new furnace. Oh, I see. And then you could add on a air conditioner as well. Right, right, right. Kind of play right. And I briefly looked online, and um, I think it might be a, sort of a scam. <laughs> they. They sold it to a 90 year old, and, you know, he said could be around for 10 years right. to pay this thing off.
1: Well, let me, let so, me, wait, wait, wait. Let me, so yeah. I'm not specific, you know, I don't know exactly if the, what the advantage plan means, but yeah, probably about maybe six months ago, uh, one of the things that has come into the HVAC industry is leasing. HVAC equipment. And okay. so the concept here, and again, this is so you're an accountant, right? So this is a numbers thing for a lot of people. And this is where you really have right. to ask yourself. So, you know, a new furnace and an air conditioner in an yeah. average size home uh, can cost, you know, eight to $10,000 to install. You know, it can be less. Okay. You know, let, let's, let's just okay. Let, let's even make it a, a wider spread and say six uh-huh. to ten thousand dollars, right? Which would cover just about okay. any house, and it and it can be more than that, right? But that's for decent. Well, they
11: gave me bigger numbers.
1: <laughs> okay, all right. Well, so le- 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 for the sake of the argument, let's use ten thousand dollars as the as the number. Okay, okay. and so ten thousand dollars to put a new heating and air conditioning in an average size home, and now. If you have the ten thousand dollars, then you write the check for ten thousand dollars, and you have a new furnace, and you know you probably have a warranty. You know, blah right. blah 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 blah. If you don't have the ten thousand dollars, the leasing program is uh-huh. you don't pay any money up front. Okay, right. they put in a new right. they put in a new furnace, a new air conditioner, and they say right. and they say, uh, Deborah, you're going to pay us one hundred and fifty dollars a month. I'm just making the number for up. For 10 years. For ten, for 10 years, okay? But if but we're going to come and inspect it, you know, once a year, if anything breaks, we you know, we're not going right. to you're going to we're going to pay for it. You don't have to pay for it. Right. And so from a accounting perspective and an opportunity cost for money, for some people, it makes yes. sense. Now, the 10 years also, typically with those systems, there should be a buyout. Right. Right. And if you sell the house or whatever, you know, it's, and it really is a it's a numbers game and it just depends on your ability to pay. Right. Right. So, so the thing is for you, for you and and I'm just, so you said they gave you a higher number to replace the furnace Then, if, if, if in fact, so I'm going to back up a little bit when you have a furnace that's about 15 years old, it's time to start thinking about replacing it. If you right. have, if you have a twelve year old furnace and it's you know fifteen hundred right. fifteen hundred bucks to fix what you need, I'd probably fi- right. if you can afford the fifteen hundred, I would re- yeah. I would I would spend the fifteen hundred, keep getting it cleaned and inspected and you know ride the thing out for a few more years and then right. and then get multiple estimates to replace it and then you know three or four years and from that's, now. The,
11: that's another thing. I mean. Um, does anybody really give you like an honest quote you know and um
1: well I would hope so you know, i mean i i yeah
11: i would and, i mean and we that's kind of here's another a, area where I feel like vulnerable sure as far as
1: um i completely i completely understand um yeah, what I can tell you is that um what I do here on the radio uh you know every Saturday morning is I try and Uh provide you, you know, certainly we have advertisers, people that pay money to advertise on the radio station, but if they are advertising on my show and they're not treating you right, then I want to hear about it because I have conversations about that with these sponsors all the time. And I said, I will help promote your business, but you better do one heck of a good job for the people that are listening. And right and, you know, for many of them, look, they're running businesses, right? And so there's a cost right. to doing that business. And the opportunities that people provide for payment or buying and things like that are different. But also, in, in the realm of HVAC, there's a mm-hmm. half a dozen different HVAC companies that advertise not only on my show, but across WGN radio. Call okay. ev- Call every single one of them. And have mm-hmm. every single one of them give you a bid, and then you decide who you want to work with. And then if you have que- do I, when you have questions, you call me back and I'll answer them.
11: Okay. Do I have to give them any specs or anything like that? Like look at my what I have already. Well, they're going kind to of come. Thing?
1: They're going to come out and they're going to okay. do that. That's their job, not yours. Okay. All right. Okay.
11: Well, I really appreciate your information um i got so um uh, anxious with this salesman understood what he, would, he wouldn't leave <laughs> right right
1: don't uh, you should never feel that way and again i'm here to help you whenever i can and uh and uh the advertisers on this show know that you know if you if you, they do something wrong and you're not happy with it and you call me to complain about it i'm gonna let you complain about it and then we're going to figure it out together because there's two sides to every story, right? So we're going to try and come to where the truth is so that everybody's happy. I really appreciate the phone call. Hey, the news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
0: This fall, with each rake of the leaves, you know your bones and...
1: Uh, Don and Joe, uh, classic car guys? Oh, yeah, man. Muscle cars. Muscle cars? No,
4: not, not too much. I, I don't know too much about cars.
1: The Ford... Uh, w- I love w- w- them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can really feel that. You, yeah, I can tell. Right. She was so sincere with that. Yep. Right. Well you were answering you know, Thanks you do that. No, you do that to, she does that to make me feel guilty that I like to talk to you both and not her. You were answering a phone call. I saw you doing that. I was not gonna bother you at that point. You though would buy you and I were a few years ago trading, you wanted to buy like a classic Jeep Wagoneer.
2: I love <laughs> I do love those.
1: Like from nice. the nineteen seventies. Right?
2: I do love those. And if I thought they could hold up with the way I drive and my kids, I (laughs) would think. Well, I mean, the
1: problem with those cars is they don't have the safety features that, you know, the muscle car, there's no airbags and things like that. So, but um, I remember a few years ago, I went to the Meekum auctions. There's like a thousand cars. And they have this giant tent. We're going to get to tour that with somebody. And you just see these unbelievably cool muscle cars from stuff when I grew up. I mean, you guys are all too young, but. Uh, these were the cars that we were like, oh, my gosh, look at that, how
0: cool that is. I just like the way some of those headlights kind of, like, rotate around, you know? They'll, they'll disappear or, like, you know, oh, yeah. flips. In the old, yeah, in the
1: old Corvettes
4: and yes. stuff. really yeah, cool. exactly. When I was yeah. in high school, I always wanted a Volkswagen bus. I always thought those looked cool.
1: That, yeah, Volkswagen bus would be cool. They're, they're, I'm sure they'll have some of those. That is classic. And uh, some of those, Joe... When you look at some of these auctions, you know they're in those buses. There's one version of the bus, like I think it's from the 50s, that they call an 18 window. So it not only has the windows, you know, around when you imagine the VW bus, but then on the curve of the roof, there's windows up there as well. Wow! And I have seen those at being listed in auction for a hundred thousand dollars. I bet to buy.
9: What? Wow! Yeah.
1: I mean, completely redone, right? And, and so when you think about, you know, cars in general, right, are, um, you know, it's a depreciating asset, right? You buy a car and, you know, what, what's that old thing you drive? Although these days with the shortage, you, you, you know, your used car is actually worth more uh, than it was. But the point is, is that it's, it's worth less. And now you've got cars like that bus that probably in the 50s cost $2,000 is now worth hundred grand. It's a good investment. I like it. That's, that's hey, good Joe, uh, it. you know, I don't get to talk to you much, but you were on the winning uh, WGN radio softball team, right? Yes, we were. Yes, we were. It was uh, quite and, a season. And, and, and is that something that um, that you... Um, should get a ring for yeah. No. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I, I
4: pitched it to Mary Boyle. We, no, no, no. But
1: do, do, do you? Are you? Uh, are you a? Uh, are you? Are you a softball player? or did you just do it for fun? Like so, is it something? No. when You were in high school. Did you play baseball or softball? See, that's the
4: thing. I loved. I mean, baseball is still my favorite all-time sport. It's number right. one. I was never a great player. I can never hit. Um, I I fizzled out freshman year. I didn't make the the high school team. If we're being honest. Um, but. Uh, growing up on the South Side, we'd play clincher. we play 16-inch a lot. You know, it'd just wow. be a Saturday night. All right, you know, call as many people as you can and, and meet at this park. And uh, my friends on the South Side, they play like three to four times a week. It's almost like a job for them. Right. So when I play with them... I'm not that great, but then when I play
1: in the Chicago Media League,
4: mm, not, an all star,
1: yeah, were yeah, you like, like uh, were you like uh, Canerco? Is that what you were? You,
4: I, I mean, I played shortstop this year. Believe me, I'm, I'm no power hitter. I had one home run all year long. Um, I, I like to uh, rely on my defense, but uh, <laughs> played shortstop for the. Uh, Championship team, Hochberg, WG wow. and Radio softball team. So, so I can hang my hat on that. It was it was a yeah. very fun game. I can see your feathers, your peacock feathers, right <laughs> now. Like,
1: look, it's poking out. Poking hey, out of hey, the we we take it
4: room. we take it way too seriously. So, I'm definitely going to <laughs> embellish it when we win the whole darn thing. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's, That's fun.
1: No, I know everybody was super happy with that, and
4: it was cool. Kevin McDonough and I teamed up for uh, a play at the plate. We threw out Shane Reardon, who was trying to turn it into a, a leadoff home run in the fourth inning.
1: Yeah, I hear there's a little controversy about that play.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, if,
1: if you look at the replay,
4: uh, there's no <laughs> distinctive evidence to, to overturn the call.
1: So it's oh. inconclusive in, in my book. I, uh, just speaking about the replays, have you seen at all the, there's like a new round of progressive insurance commercials where there's like a husband and wife and they're like going kayaking. And she's like, did you bring the, uh, did you bring the life vest? Oh, yeah, I brought the life vest. Or he says, "No, I thought you were bringing the light fest. No, she goes, "I specifically asked you, are you going to bring the light?" He goes, and they're like arguing about who is it. And she goes, "Can we check the replay?" And then like some guy comes out like the NFL with the screen, you know, and they both put the headsets on, you know, and they're looking. And then you know, and then she says, yeah. "I'm like, yeah, I particularly like when you said, yeah, 'Yeah, I've got the thing.'" And then they right. go to the replay. It's really funny. the challenge. They're going to throw the it's challenge flag. Really, That's what it is. really yeah. unique and funny. I love that kind. Great of Great take. Yeah, those so, are good. Really good. So. In the replay, Joe, it'll come. It'll come out. <laughs> in- inconclusive. Inconclusive. Right. All right. Sounds good. Eight five seven five five seven four. Lou. Eight five seven five five seven four five six eight is our phone number. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines now. Talk with Alice, who's in Gurney. Hi, Alice. You're on House smarts Radio. Good morning. Oh, good morning, Lou. You sound so wonderful. Oh well, thank you. How may I help you?
10: <laughs> I have a rodent problem. I parked my car outside. And, um, all of a sudden my fan, um, for heat or cool was not working in my car. So I took it to the dealership to fix it. And they found a, a they showed me this big plastic thing with a hole in it. And mm. they said there's a rodent eating into it. Mm. How do I keep that from happening again? Cause it cost me over a hundred dollars to get the silly filter replaced.
1: Oh my gosh. And I have to be honest with you, Alice, that is actually a pretty low number because I have taken calls about this very issue from people who have spent thousands of dollars because of a rodent eating, uh, you know, the wiring harnesses and things like that. Let me ask you this. Where do you normally park the car?
10: Uh, I'm in a senior place, so it's just outside in the general parking lot. Okay.
1: All right. Um, I want, and you may need some help with this, but, uh, and maybe the D or wherever you had this fixed, they can help you with this as well. So there is a product that you can find at the hardware store called, you're going to want to write this down, Fresh Cab. F-R-E-F-R-E-S-H. Cab. Fresh and Cab, like Cabernet, but C-A-B. Yes. And it is a sachet of these little mints-smelling, piney-smelling things that you're going to clip at underneath the car where the wiring is either with uh with a, a what's called a spring clip or they could take um they could take zip ties and zip tie it to like you know some the frame or somewhere where the wire is that's going to be out of there. The whole idea is that rodents like squirrels or um um, uh, you know chipmunks, chipmunks, or- field mice, whatever it might be, they don't like this smell, and so they'll come underneath your car, and they'll be like, "Oh, I don't like that smell. I'm going to go chew someone else's car." Now it only lasts about thirty days, so it's problematic that you have to change this out. But um, <clears throat> initially, the fact that you've had this repaired recently, uh, I think it would be wise for you to do. Okay. All right. And
10: just putting this on the inside no, part no, no. of the car no, like no, no, no. near the driver's seat or something no, 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 isn't no. going to chase anything away.
1: Not inside. No, because the sm- we need them to smell it on the outside. I mean, it, I mean Yeah, no. Uh I, I uh, um you know, maybe you could open the hood and you know, when you open up the hood of the car Towards like the windshield, there's typically an area where you may see a little screen or something there that you could just drop it in there, and it wouldn't harm the car. Wouldn't be near the engine, but I just don't know that that would be close enough to where you know the rodents are coming by, going, "Hey, look at this wire. There's something in the wire that is attractive to them," and uh, <laughs> and it's like, no, really, and it's I mean, it's like one of the number one things in New York City because they run all the wires underground. That, uh, they, that rodents and rats chew the wires constantly, causing millions of dollars of repairs every year. Mm-hmm. You would think Amazing. they'd figure that one out, but they haven't yet.
10: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Fresh cab, well. have them zip-tie it to the wire, at least get through the fall before winter comes, and then um, you know, hopefully they'll find another place to go.
11: Right,
10: right, right. Well, I thank you so much for your help. I know you helped me once with mice in the house with the um, uh, what was it, that mouse magic, right? And that worked just fine. So I went to the Ace Hardware and I bought some more mouse magic and I put it by my driver's side and the passenger side. And I thought, I don't know, Lou is so smart about cars well, and about everything <laughs>
12: else. Well, maybe
10: no. maybe will this be strong enough to emit through the inside of the car to the outside of the car right, and shake right,
1: them away <laughs> right um, by the way but the mouse magic is a similar product to the fresh cab so if you already have that you can use that.
10: Oh truly well yeah. wonderful because it did cost me15 dollars to buy the mouse magic right I'll just give it to the dealership and say here hang this outside or if you say that if I can open the hood, and well, I'm just a handicapped senior. I'm, what do I know? I don't even know how to open the hood. But right, if I can right, get right. somebody to help me do that,
1: sure, it maybe
10: may, I can put it on, like you say, a screen or something yeah, inside the car. It
1: may help there, but I, I want to. I think that it's more effective lower where the squirrels and the mice lower. are on the ground.
10: Right. Right. Okay. Well, I will go back to the dealership and I'll have those those handy little guys to do that. Perfect. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. You you help so many people in so many different ways. And most of the times, I don't say most of the time, almost all the time, it has nothing to do with my life, but it's interesting (laughs) to listen to you every (laughs) single week. And I miss you when you're at Misericordia and all those good places that you go and your family functions and such. But it's wonderful to hear your program and to hear... The the humanness of you. It is just a beautiful situation. You have a wonderful family
1: and you have a terrific life, my dear. Well, you're very kind. Thank you so much for calling. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. House Smarts Radio with me, Lou Manfredini, eight five seven five five seven four Lou. We'll take a quick break and be back right after this. Oh wait. You know what it? It's time for hear from Lindsay about what's new at Builder Supply Outlet. 857 5, 557 5, 4LU. 857 5, 557 5, 4568 is the phone number. Uh, you would have to talk to me. What, oh, we knew, yeah, we were having, having a little issue. People just dropped off. Just when we had them, we were going to talk to uh, uh, Ann and Nick in and Marseilles. Uh, sorry about that, you guys. Give us a call back. 857 5, 557 5, 4LU. Um, before we break for news, though, when we come back, I've been talking a lot about. Um, We were talking about heating and cooling right and there's a bunch of different products out there that you can buy different brands and the brands do matter you want to have really good brands but you want to have really good factory trained technicians working on your stuff. We're going to have that conversation coming up with the folks from Bryant and Carrier right after this report of WGN Radio News with Don Kleppen. You hear me talk about HVAC systems on this show quite a bit, a bunch of different uh, um, sponsors that are part of this, and they're really good people. That's the key. You need really good people installing the equipment Joining me in studio is J.P. Kadorin, who is the Territory Manager for Chicago's Carrier and Bryant Distributor, and Ryan Hoger, who is uh, the Director of Training. Gentlemen, good morning, and welcome to HouseMarts Radio. Nice to see you. Good morning. Thank you.
13: Yeah, thanks for having us, Lou.
1: Um, all right, I, I want to talk a little bit about, okay, Carrier and Bryant. These are two very good pieces of equipment, and um, uh, you know, this is something that I think that if people are trying to choose... You know, what equipment, you know, people are always confused. These are two units that will perform really flawlessly. But what you guys have developed now is FAD. And Mm -hmm. and FAD actually stands for Factory Authorized Dealer. Mm -hmm. Um, JP, can you tell me a little bit about what FAD is? Yeah,
14: it's not a FAD. It's been around for a while. Um, But yeah, the Factory Authorized Dealers, it's it's a way for them to kind of differentiate themselves um, with the training that goes into it the marketing the really the knowledge because it's I mean I, I feel bad already repeating what you just said but it, it it's not the equipment we certainly we believe in carrier and Bryant but it's, it's just not the equipment. A lot of it is the same and uses somewhat of the same technology, but when it gets in the hands of the wrong person, the wrong contractor, right? It, they're going to pay for it twice. You, you pay for it once, you think you get a deal, and then just wait until a polar vortex, wait until it's 85 and humid. I mean, it's, this, this stuff is fickle these days. I mean, Ryan knows the history of it all where you know, I don't know the the time, but maybe 30 years ago, furnace could be glowing in the basement, in the corner, right? And that thing would still run. You cannot defeat it. And now, like, if it, you know, to compare it to a human, if it's like 99.1 degree fever, it doesn't run anymore. Like, they're just right. so sensitive. You need
1: the right person. Right. Ryan, I mean, this is key, right? And, and, and I think that JP brings up a good point, is that, you have to have people that are really knowledgeable about sizing the equipment right, setting it up properly. Sometimes, you know, making when we're talking about retrofitting, a, a, you know, an old unit for a new unit, making sure you're making the correct modifications because if that's not done, it doesn't matter how good the equipment is, it's just not going to run properly.
13: That's absolutely correct. Uh, And oversizing and undersizing are both issues that are out there. So you definitely want to get things sized correctly. You need someone who understands how to do that. You don't necessarily want to put in exactly what you used to have. You may need something that's a little bit smaller or a little bit bigger. Probably never bigger, but a little bit smaller, right? Right.
1: <laughs> right. Well, right, because, I mean, and, and I think that's a, a big issue for people, right? They say, well, you know, I had this 20-year-old furnace, and it was, uh, you know, 120,000 BTUs or 100,000 BTUs, mm-hmm. and now the guy's telling me I only need 80, mm-hmm. but that's because the equipment is more sophisticated.
13: Yeah, there's a couple things that happen there. One, we when we say 90 or 80 or 100, that's how much gas you buy from the gas company how much comes out is what you need and so people that have more efficient furnaces going in you don't need as much gas anymore so things go down a size just because of that and then people's houses are improved they insulate them better they do all kinds of great stuff and all of a sudden you need a system that's maybe two sizes smaller than your older system and it's still plenty big for you and you need someone who can analyze all that and figure out what you actually need so jp
1: Mm -hmm. um Th- this factory authorized dealer program where mm-hmm. you know you said it's been around for a while but can you take us through the so there's a differential between mm-hmm. um you know con- uh, contractors uh, that are coming in and putting this that are authorized as opposed to just you know somebody drive around in a truck mm-hmm. type of thing and <laughs> take take me through uh yeah. what that process well, is yeah i mean Just
14: thinking about the fact that the HVAC system is the most expensive thing somebody's going to put in their house, right? Unless they have some sort of garage situation I've never heard about, the the HVAC (laughs) is going to be the most expensive thing. And it's not just like shopping for a stove or a fridge where you go to Best Buy, Home Depot, whatever. You look at, all right, does this thing cook food? Cool, I'll take it. Like, HVAC is so insanely specific. There's so many things that need to happen. And that's why, again, like, you can't just rely on somebody that started their business two years ago, isn't even licensed, right? I mean, it's there's too much at stake to trust it to just anybody. So that's Mm -hmm. why these FADs, they have annual marketing they need to do, right? Depending on the size of the shop, Carrie and Bryant require that they take certain hours of training, both with us at TEC and through the factory themselves, right? Um, There are certain marketing programs that they have to take part in. There is all these certifications that they need. They need to be Nate certified. They need to be... Um, they need to have workman's comp insurance. There's so many requirements that go into it, so that they can identify themselves as, "Look, we know what we're doing." And there are right. so many people that don't. These are the ones that are going to fix the problems that the other guys cause.
1: Yeah, Ryan. You know, I I, I remember years ago. Uh, I hate to say it, but I'm old enough to remember when 90 plus equipment was kind of just coming into the fold. You know, where where you know yeah. most of the time it was 80 percent efficient unit, and and it was described to me and you know yeah i think jp you may have said it you know like that stuff would be glowing it just keep working working and you know they they described the 80 percent as being like a workhorse right you could just take that thing out and put a plow behind it and go and it would just keep running but the 90 percent because they were so efficient and so specific it was more like a thoroughbred horse right where it needed to be pampered it needed to be uh installed correctly and then maintained that's something that you are training these folks
13: on uh, that are FAD certified, correct? It, absolutely. We train both the new guys that work at an FAD dealer and the existing guys. They need to come back for X amount of year, x amount of hours each year to retrain with us. And like JP said, with the factory, because there's always new stuff. There, things are always getting tweaked. There's mm-hmm. always a new gas valve. There's always a new circuit board. And they got to keep up on that and stay trained on it because it's, it's more complicated than it was 30 years ago.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I remember uh, talking with a a technician once. Uh, he, He happened to be a carrier technician. And, uh, he was joking about the fact that, you know, if you go to a hand surgeon, right, and, and he's gonna operate on your hand, he, he knows everything that's going on in the hand, right? Cause the hand really doesn't change. He goes, with HVAC, <laughs> every year there's something new that I have mm-hmm. to learn. I thought it was a funny analogy, mm-hmm. but, but you're, I mean, to your point, Ryan, mm-hmm. it's constantly changing. They're, they're constantly improving it. And, and if you don't get the training, Then people are just sort of guessing, and and ultimately then the customer could be paying more, like, oh yeah, you need one of these parts, or you need, (laughs) I hear from dealers all the time that say, somebody comes out there and quotes them, oh, it's going to be, you know, whatever, thousand bucks to fix it, and then people balk at that, then they hire somebody that knows what they're doing, like, oh yeah, you just need this little Mm -hmm. fuse or this thing, it's a couple hundred bucks, and we'll get it going. And, you know, if people don't know, it's real easy to be taken advantage of.
13: Yeah, if something's broke, you don't want to just keep swapping parts at the customer's expense to figure that out. You want to know how to troubleshoot it and figure out what it is exactly and then only replace that one widget. And you have to be super familiar with the equipment in order to do that.
14: Right, right. And instead Uh, of a doctor who you go to their medical office you 're inviting somebody into your home somebody 's coming with a, a if they can get a truck these days they 're coming with a forty thousand dollar truck with fifteen thousand dollars of tools on it coming into your home and trying to investigate what 's going on right i mean it's a it 's serious stuff
1: well and, and then that goes to the comfort level too of of the people coming in there mm-hmm. right with these with these fad certified uh, installers uh, you know you're you 're hiring somebody that 's been background checked i mean all those are mm-hmm. part of the uh, you know, the criteria that you guys have, correct?
14: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. The local licenses, um, the permits and all that stuff that, again, just a lot of the smaller guys don't even think about because they just kind of, they started off doing side jobs and then started doing it on their own and, and they don't know how to run a business, right? But these FADs have been in business a long time. Um, they're the best of the best. Um, the other thing is like they you know not all equipment's perfect i mean any manufacturer would probably admit that too not it's not all perfect with an fad you get a 100% satisfaction guarantee for either one or two years depending on what level of fad they are right, right? so when they install it cuz that that's where the problems come the 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 problem usually isn't in the equipment itself it's in the installation so they come they install it if something went wrong within the first year i mean think about it, if any other purchase that you've made not, maybe not you but listeners whatever anybody um, when's the last time you made a purchase of, I don't know, 5000 or more, and you got a
1: one-year free trial for it? Right. It's unbelievable. Right. Um, it's confusing for a lot of people, and, you know, the the thing is with furnaces in particular— uh, a lot of people don't think about it until it's broken, right? <laughs> and then you get, then you panic, and you're not quite sure where to go. I would like to think that people come to WGN Radio and House smarts Radio and listen to uh, the sponsors that we have. You know that there's a level of trust with the people that I work with. Um, but if someone is thinking, okay, well, I like what, what JP and Ryan have to say today. How do I find these FADs?
14: Yeah, ChicagoFAD.com, um, just launching this fall. Um, So we have kind of our dealers that meet the criteria, get to enter a little bit about themselves. So basically, it's a way to kind of go right to the experts and not Mm -hmm. have to sort through anything, right? I mean, we'll have it sorted by kind of where you live and the area you're in. Um, And that way you can, you know, it it really stinks when you have to fix something. The one thing that we're trying to do and our dealers are trying to do, all right, just let us inconvenience you one time right? it's something's broken, really sorry about it. Let us fix it once. Let's get it right find you the right part, the right fix to get it done. And then let's let you be comfortable, right? Then let us back off. You found somebody right. Hopefully now you're under a warranty. Now you're under a maintenance plan where you can service the equipment, right? Because almost all breakdowns can be avoided if you just do the maintenance on the equipment. Right. So it's just, it it's something to give you peace of mind of, of a piece in their house that a lot of people don't know a lot about. I mean, I don't know how my fridge works or my oven works or, or my HVAC works. I just know that it works. And when it doesn't, then we have a problem.
1: Well, you know, if you listen to House Smart's Radio on a regular basis, I can help you with that. But that's a whole other thing, JP. Um, I, I love the fact that, Ryan, you're doing a good job of, of, of continuous training, right? That's the key. Everything's changing. And, and you know, with, with these FADs, you get the most trained people that you can trust to come into your home. And I, I believe that evolution is just, it's constantly changing even for you, right? I mean, you're constantly being trained as well.
13: We probably do like 200 classes a year at our office. And I probably go to that many a year, whether it's in person or online. Like, And so sort do of the rest of the guys there. We, we all just constantly keep training ourselves because we have to be able to train other people. Mm-hmm. So we always got to be up to speed on the new stuff right. as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, JP, you mentioned that this uh, ChicagoFAD.com is launching uh, in the fall. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I also see that you got a little sweepstakes going on there, too. You want to tell our audience about that?
14: Everybody loves some free stuff, right? Sure, sure. We're calling it Heat and a Sweet, um, where when people enter, we're going to give away a free furnace, as we're getting into the fall, right in the winter. Free furnace and then tickets to the Chicago Blackhawks game when they play Seattle this winter. Um, up in a suite at the United Center, and uh, I mean, a free piece of equipment in your house, which is valued at quite a bit of money these days. Right. <laughs> I don't know if uh, we've we've heard of inflation, but it's real and it affects us all. So, yeah, it's
1: it's increasing in value the more that we go on. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, JP Ryan, thank you so much for coming in and, and taking the time this morning to talk about. FADs and mm-hmm. uh, ChicagoFAD.com is the website to find factory authorized dealers. And you can also check out the heat and a sweet sweepstakes that is there as well. Mm-hmm. Hope you guys have a great rest of your morning.
14: Thank you, Lou. Appreciate it so much. Thanks for having us. Yep. This Thank is awesome. You, sir.
1: You're listening to Mart's Radio with me, Lou Manfredini. Don't go anywhere. Our phone number is 857-557-4LOU, 857-557-4568. We'll take a quick break and be back right after this.
6: Hey, Lou. It's uh, it's very neat to talk to you.
1: How may I help you, sir? Um, so I'm
6: picking your brain about I need to cut an access hole in plaster and lath neatly Um. And I am actually coming at it from the backside, so I'm looking at the lads.
10: <clears throat> mm. uh, and I'm
6: just wondering if you have any hot tips. <laughs> I, I can use a angle grinder with a diamond blade, right? But dust control will be a pain in the rear. How
1: about a how about a how about a multi tool? Okay. With a you know with a. Um, you're going to need a couple of different blades, though. So the one blade, you're going to need like a wood blade to cut the lath.
6: So you and don't... you'd probably just want to score the lath, right?
1: Well, the yep. uh, on the, actually, you'd probably cut all the way through. You'd be surprised at... Okay. Are you cutting it in between two studs, or are you going to also cut the stud?
6: I'm not going to cut the stud. Okay.
1: <clears throat> and are you going to cut the lath stud to stud?
6: Stud to stud. Okay, yeah.
1: well that's good because then it's anchored there. So w- yep. I would buy a cup. So a couple things from Dust Control. Uh, they do. Uh, I mean, you, do you own that tool, or would you be willing to buy the tool?
6: I'd have to buy the multi tool. Okay, uh, not- Dust Control is not is not impossible i have a good shop back yeah with a so secondary filter
1: right so hold that so with the multi-tool the great thing about those if you've ever used them before you get unbelievable control with them right <clears throat> and you're going to get um you're going to get a couple of different wood blades because when you hit the back end of that plaster you'll dull the teeth on that blade a little bit and right, hold right. the hold the shop vac hose right at the end of that bill of the blade. Slice okay. slices the lath first, and then peel that away, and then use a plaster blade, which they have, okay. to um, to cut the plaster out. And you will get super precision, and it should cut it without damaging the you know. I, Coming from the backside, I don't love on the front side because it would be helpful if it were me. If you're making it a square, do uh-huh. do ninety degree cuts where the square is going to be. So this is the top, the horizontal, the vertical, the horizontal, the vertical uh, on, and poke all the way through. Then use right. a straight edge to a straight edge to draw lines, and then score that with a utility knife. So then you do the cutting, and it doesn't blister away as you pull it away. Appreciate the phone call. I am just bumping up against time. The news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. We'll take a quick break and be right back.
4: You had to clarify that. It almost sounded like your niece was marrying Andy Mazer for a quick second there. My niece is not
1: marrying Andy Mazer. She's marrying Phil. Uh, And they're getting married today Which is very nice But Andy Congratulations Yeah, congrats to them Thank you, yes We're very, very, uh, very excited For a little wedding Got to get the shoes shined up A lot of Uh, nuptials being toasted today Yeah, right How about it? Do we know where Andy went? Because he was very secretive Somewhere out west
4: Right? I I believe California Headed for the sunset Yeah (laughs) California dreaming I love it That's good Well,
1: congratulations That's nice Andy or uh, uh, Joe, you, you uh, you're, you've been doing stuff with the Blackhawks. That's all beginning uh, regular season when
4: uh, Wednesday against Colorado tonight, or rather today oh, is the great way to start Colorado. Yeah, I know. Well, it's, <laughs> it's a whole road
1: we trip. We couldn't We're... get an easier one. Like, yeah, second. You know, like, isn't well, there a high school team we could have played?
4: <laughs> second straight year they open against Colorado. Uh, for the second time out of the last three years, they open against the reigning Stanley Cup champions.
1: Mama so Mia!
4: Banner raising ceremony. Hey, it's it's Colorado's game to lose, right? So, right. Uh, sure. Yeah, on that's men. one way to
1: that's one way to look at. It. I uh, I was watching one of the preseason games, and now I'm not going to remember who it was, but I the the Hawks ended up losing like four to one. Maybe Detroit.
4: So was this? Well, they. They lost four to one in the first one against St. Louis. They lost four to one. in the Okay,
1: but it was in the but the kid that scored the goal was a twenty three year old kid who just came from the University of Denver, right? That's no, all right? Uh, Ian Mitchell and uh, uh, Cole Gutman. No, I. But but I was I was kind of like half asleep on the couch, and I open up my eyes and I see, and they this kid scores, and they announce that it was his first goal. He had just Won the, ch- didn't Denver win the, didn't the University of Denver? I'm trying to, I'm trying to DU remember. DU just won the national championship, right? In college. Mm-hmm. And he was on that team and then he got drafted and he scored his first goal. And the smile on this kid's face, 23 years old. I mean, it's a preseason game, but it's still an NHL game, right? Right. Yeah. And uh, I was just so excited. It was like, his- I, was- I didn't even know the kid and I was like, okay, probably yes, like his father.
4: It was Cole Gutman and uh, Cole Gutman had two goals in the, in the prospect showcase game too. So he's had a really good training camp. Yeah. Um, People have been very impressed by him. Yeah. Okay. I was mixing up my games because they've, they've, it was just
1: really, it was just really a neat moment, you know, and, uh, and it was just kind of cool to see.
4: There's a couple cool moments uh, with some of these young guys. I mean, let's face it. That's what the future of this organization is right now. Looking at the young talent and uh, the guy that they drafted that they, Traded Alex DeBrincat for to get the uh, seventh overall pick and Kevin Korczynski. He's looked really, really good, and he's 18 years old. And, wow! And God. he's That's crazy. He's turning heads. He's uh, impressing the head coach big time, and he had a beautiful feed to uh, Lucas Reichel last week. Just a, a pass that he had no reason to fire it through a few guys, and just threaded the needle. It was just a beautiful pass, and uh, so yeah. Hopefully, a lot more of those types of stories as we go on through this year
1: okay and then also update me we have a little bit of a difference in the radio booth for the hawks games correct
4: yeah well the the best part of that whole story is troy murray is expecting to do every single game this year whether it's tv or radio right he's he's
1: gonna he's gonna split between the two correct
4: right so if it's not
1: he on
4: the television broadcast with chris fosters it'll be patrick sharp uh, Kaylee Chelios might get some Color commentary on TV this year mm-hmm. I'm not sure if She's that's... very good She is And so she fills in for Troy On the radio side When Troy's doing TV So right. It's great to work with both of them Obviously it's fantastic To work with John Wideman. And uh, we're not
1: gonna waste uh, uh, we're not gonna waste Patrick Sharp on the radio at all, right. Oh. He's someone that needs to be seen.
4: Yeah, why? Why would you even do that?
1: Maybe we. Yeah,
4: maybe we picked up a stream or something, but yeah, why would we put him on radio?
1: <laughs> well, that's good. And then you will be handling pregame, intermissions, and post game once again.
4: Yes, second year. That's awesome. Thrilled to do it. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Can't wait to really get going on Wednesday. And yeah, yeah, here we go. What times.
1: Uh, what time is uh, would that game start? It's
4: eight thirty puck drop out in Colorado. I believe that'll be a national game, though, so that'll probably be closer to like eight forty five ish or so. Got it. But we'll have the pregame at eight o'clock.
1: All right here on WGN Radio, 857-5574 Lou. 857-5574568 is our phone number. This is Ann who's calling in from Darien. Hi Ann, you're on How Smarts Radio. Good morning.
3: Good morning. I have a uh, washing machine that I bought in July of twenty seventeen. And last week, a couple weeks ago, started making a you know a, a bad sound. Um so I called the company because uh, the service man that I normally use doesn't work on this um, type of machine okay. or this company. Okay? <clears throat> so the company gave me um, a service person in my area to use. and they came out, and to six, uh, they said it was I had a broken suspension. And to fix it would
1: be uh, i think four hundred and eighty four dollars, <laughs> which for a for a top load washing machine yes okay and you know I got my receipt
3: out i I paid a hundred dollars more of that and had you know i it seems a lot um, it's not under warranty mm hmm do you have any suggestions hmm.
1: other than buying a new machine? Well, I mean, so you know, it. Uh, you, you know, the reality of of any of these appliances, right? The expectation for all of us is that if you buy a washing machine or a dishwasher or something like that, you know, the thing should last, you know, ten or fifteen years without. I mean, things break; they're a machine, right? That's fine, and but um, when when you, and I, and I'm not a huge fan of like these extended warranties because I think in the end they're, they're, you know, yeah, they can benefit some people, but I think it's more of a money maker for the, you know, it's kind of like gift cards, right? Like there's a whole, right. cra- you know, well, like a, I,
3: I didn't buy it. Right,
1: right, 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 right. More. And, and I don't, and, and, you know, the thing is, I'm sure there's part of you that are like, oh man, I should have got this extended warranty. It'll all be covered, blah, blah, blah. But, um, I wouldn't spend $400 on a $500 machine. Right. And, and, (laughs) Unless you
3: have a service person that. Well, did you already, did you, did you. I don't know anything.
1: Right. But did you already pay for, um, did you already pay the service, uh, appointment? Like, you know, what did you pay for them to come and diagnose? Yeah, they
3: paid $69.
1: Okay. To, to, to diagnose the problem. Correct. Okay. And they're just.
3: But I don't know anything about this service. Okay. People, I I didn't know them. Right. Well, let me. Just wh- what
1: two... is what is the brand name of the uh, washing machine? LG. Okay. So, for instance, like this apt appliance. Okay, they have they service all makes and models. To my knowledge, they that includes LG. And to have them come out and look and diagnose the problem, I think that the service call will be like 175 bucks. Okay. Now, well, but, okay. but hear me out. So now they're going to come out and they may concur and say, "Hey, lady, you you need a new suspension. It's you know 400 dollars, whatever." And or they may say, "Well, we just can break the you know do this whatever, and it's fifty dollars." Okay, well now we're into the whole thing for two hundred and fifty bucks. I'm just making up a number. If they confirm mm-hmm. to you that in fact you need the new, you know, the suspension system, whatever, four hundred bucks, and you then decide to buy a new washing machine, half of the fee you paid for the service call gets applied to your new washing machine.
3: Oh nice to know. Nice to know.
1: Ancient Chinese secret.
3: If I need, a, if I need a new machine, could you suggest a brand that won't um, break <laughs> in well, five years?
1: You know, it's funny. I just had this conversation recently with a, a repair person, and um, I have never been a huge fan of LG. This person went against that and said, "Oh no, they make some of the best washing machines out there." I, uh, the Manfredini house is pretty hard on washers and dryers, and we've had whirlpools for a number of years, and they're made here, and they just last and last and last. Okay. So if you're going to buy a new one, All right. if you're going to buy a new one, if you go that route, uh, I would go with a whirlpool. Yeah,
3: I have a, a dishwasher that's 30 years old and still working right, great.
1: Right, right, right.
3: <laughs> Yeah,
1: You should you should continue to have that expectation that they work that hard. Right. Well,
3: thank you so much. I really appreciate
1: it. Have a great day. Appreciate you calling this morning. It is 924 in the morning. You're listening to Marts Radio with me, Lou Manfredini. We will take a quick break and be right back. And good morning. You're on Marts Radio.
0: Hey, good morning, Lou. Thanks for taking my call. I really enjoy your program and first time to be able to call in and talk to you.
1: Thank you. How may I help you?
0: Well, to celebrate our 41st anniversary this weekend, my wife and I are putting softening and fascia boards on our house.
1: Wow, you, wait, 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 you are so romantic. Is that what 41 <laughs> is? Soffit and fascia? I looked,
0: it up. I looked it up, yeah. It's hard to believe, but uh, she bought it, so there you go. Uh, my wow. question is, we had a big hailstorm pass through our town, and we need to get a roof uh, this fall. Uh, it's. Washington's right outside of Peoria. So similar weather to Chicago. And the roofer said, oh, it's fine to put on uh, shingles um, as long as it's not sub-zero or sub-40. And I just want your opinion on um, cool weather shingle roof installation.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is true. You can put a roof on in just about any weather except the pouring rain, obviously. And, um, you know, cooler weather is actually in my opinion preferred because um y- you know you're um you're uh if it's really hot and they're walking around on the roof you can pull away some of the aggregate you know the as the guys are walking around up there and so right. fall is an awesome time to do it i mean when it's super really really cold i mean it's just you know um it's 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 miserable for the people up on the roof, but. Uh, yeah, I, I have no issue with a roof going on during the fall.
0: Okay. Well, that, that helps me a lot. And, again, love your show and uh, uh, keep listening.
1: I just looked this up, though, uh, Dan, and said you're, for your 40th anniversary, you were supposed to give your wife a ruby. A uh, ruby? A ruby. Oh, um, a ruby. <laughs> no, 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 a ruby. A ruby. And then, uh, and then, obviously, on the 41st, you're giving her soffits and fascia. You are a true romantic. I'm good to go. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Lou. You're goodbye. I appreciate you calling this morning. It's nine thirty in the morning. It's time now for WGN Radio News.
2: Dear Lou, our town home townhome association is thinking about replacing the aluminum siding on sixty-three units. The siding is fading, but in decent shape otherwise. Would something like ceramic coating rhino shield be a good idea?
1: Oh boy. Um <clears throat> I think that um you really would have to run the numbers. You know, the Rhino Shield is a is a very specific type of paint and um and it's a very durable paint that has a a, a good warranty and I know a lot of people have been super happy with it, but it's not an inexpensive proposition. So you would have to run the numbers to find out uh what happens from a cost perspective. I mean, replacing the siding would, would obviously be more, but what I'm unsure of is in a, in a commercial type of application like that, if the warranty is the same as it is for a single residential home, I don't know that off the top of my head, you would have to contact Rhino shield. And the other thing that I would do on that is I would also talk to Rhino shield. If in fact they've done other projects like this, where they've done large condo buildings, um, Get the name and number of those people, and in particular, just like any project, you know, I've always mentioned this when it comes to hiring contractors, a lot of them will give you names and numbers of people that, oh, yeah, we just did Lindsay's kitchen last year. You know, call her. Well, of course, you're going to love your kitchen in a year. Uh, You know, maybe there's like, oh, I wish I would have done this, but I'm more concerned about talking to the people who had the kitchen or the paint job done five years ago. That's where you're going to get the really, oh, my gosh, these guys were great and still looks great, whatever. It's a numbers thing, and um, you just got to see what makes the most sense for the whole condo building.
2: Okay. Oh, next. I from Bob. (laughs) I have a two-flat with an old Kenmore Sears gas space heater on the second floor. I would like to upgrade it, but can't seem to find a gas space heater to replace it. Would a gas fireplace be a solution?
1: Um. No, and I I think if if I know what he's talking about is like those tower systems, those gas units, those aren't, I think they're still available, but they're not really used. There are ventless gas furnaces that you can mount, but quite frankly, I think what you would be better off doing is talking to the people that are doing these ductless uh, high-efficiency split systems that you could use that'd be all electric, and that would provide you with heating and cooling to the space. And it's very efficient and very safe, very quiet. And that would be my recommendation in a setting like that.
2: And final, in March of 2021, I had an entry door and storm door installed by Next Door and Window. And they're, but they're Proviat doors. It sounds like they love them. But the entry door has a window with. Internal blinds. One mitered lower corner of the molding around the window is separating. Who do they contact? The installer or the manufacturer?
1: Well, if it's the door itself, the you said it's a Provia door. Um, if there's some separation there on the actual door, uh, the people at Next Door didn't make the door; they installed it. So I would contact the manufacturer to see if they have a technical advisor. Many times, just like I mentioned to an earlier caller today, um, that, you know, like Pella has, um, um, you know, people who can come out and fix that stuff. So I would contact the manufacturer first for that. That's our Just Text Me segment. Eight five seven five five seven four Lou eight five seven five five seven four five six eight lu is our <laughs> phone number. This is Mary in Tinley Park. Hi, Mary. You're on Housemarts radio. Good morning.
6: Good morning.
11: Uh, I have some rabbits that have taken up uh, residence underneath my gazebo and I was wondering, um, would mothballs do the trick? Say that again. I have rabbits underneath my gazebo and I was wondering if I put mothballs in there. Would that help? I heard you say that uh, Mm. fresh
1: yeah uh, so the mo- uh, the mothballs could work can you get to that space yes c- i mean
11: there's like a hole in the top of the that they're getting into and i have i have to get it fixed but i'm having a hard time getting a handyman um so i thought for the meantime if i could just put some something in there to you know so they wouldn't be going in there
1: it, I, I think that it, it might help initially, but the product like mouse, ma- well, the product like fresh cab mouse magic, which are really designed for rodents, but a rabbit kind of falls underneath there. There's also a product called repels all like repellent, you know, but it's called re- right, repels yeah. all. Okay. And that's a uh-huh. shake that you could put down there that that would be, um, something that would be helpful, too. And the other thing is um, if you can put a bright light down there, like a, a an LED oh. shop light so it's lit up and it's not as dark. It just The whole idea is you want to make it uncomfortable for them. Right. And, right. you know, it's like, oh, it's light. It doesn't smell good. I'm going to go somewhere else. And, um, you know, the, the problem with the mothballs is you'll smell them inside the gazebo, too. Right. And you won't want to be there. (laughs)
12: So so,
1: you know, uh, getting
12: ready to kind of take it down.
1: Oh I see. Okay. So all right. Well in the in the short run if you have mothballs you could try it. I would try either this repels all or the fresh cab that I spoke of earlier. Right. And I think both of those would be good options for you. And a light. And a light.
11: Like a flashlight?
1: Uh like an LED light that you plug in that's nice and bright.
11: Oh okay, I'll try
1: that. All right. I appreciate you calling this morning. It's uh nine forty five in the morning. Lou Manfredini, House Smarts Radio. We'll take a quick break and be back right after this. Jefferson Park. Hi Pat, you're on House Smarts Radio. Good morning. Good morning, Lou. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh how may I help you this morning?
0: So um in the past
7: I've always had um HVAC heating. We just bought a
0: home not too long ago uh, that has boiler heat. Um, It's a high-efficiency boiler that I know nothing about. And I was just wondering,
7: as I turn it on for the first time on this beautiful chilly morning, uh, what I need to know. And do you think that I should call somebody to come out and give it like a tune-up? My inspection was fine and everything's working, but I have no idea how to work radiant heat.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, you're going to, I mean, radiant heat slash radiator heat, I personally think it's the best way to heat a home, right? It's the most, I think it's very efficient. Um, Boilers are terrific. They last a really long time. I got to be honest with you, I'm not a huge fan of high-efficiency boilers because they need a little bit more TLC. So I think that hiring someone to come out and give you a little 411... Um, Just like high efficiency um, forced air furnaces, you know, it was always described to me that when those first came out, I I even mentioned this this morning when I was talking to the FAD guys that, you know, the, the traditional furnace was like a workhorse. You know, you'd put a plow on it and it would just work all day and then rest at night. And the high efficiency ones are more like a thoroughbred. They're super efficient and they're very strong, but you need to baby them a little bit. And with high efficiency boilers, my experience has been that they need a little babying for them to really for you to get the most out of it and the fact that you have no idea you know you're not familiar with it at all it would just be worth it when you call to have them come out and take a look at it and say hey and i want somebody to kind of explain you know what i have here and what what's going on and you'll find that you know you'll set that thermostat and those radiators and the radiant heat get warm and then the space is super comfortable and then the boiler will shut down and you'll get all this residual heat that just happens naturally and it's awesome i think it's awesome
12: yeah i'm excited about it
7: do you have any suggestions of who i should call that specializes in these high efficiency boilers
1: so hydronics you're looking for hydronic experts when it comes to uh this and you're in uh pat you're in jefferson park yeah okay um, you know, so, uh, people like, uh, well, the, uh, the, uh, I was talking about these FAD guys, the Bryant Carrier Group, uh, you could contact them. Dykstra Home Services, they do hydronics and could help you with that. Um, the people at Perfect Home Services can help you with that. Lindeman Heating, Lindeman Chimney Heating and Cooling, they are also people that can help you with that. And then you also hear on the radio station... Uh, American Weathermakers, and those would all be people that specialize along with forced air, but they do hydronics and hot water heat and could come out and take a look at those systems for you. You've got a bunch to choose from. All of them will do a really nice job for you. Thanks so much for the phone call. Uh, let's talk to Peggy, who's in Naperville. Hi, Peggy. You're on Marts radio.
11: Hi, Lou. Yes. Um, I think I may have a skunk under my deck. When I came home yesterday, the smell was extremely strong in my house.
1: Well, at least it's not in the house, right?
9: I don't see one. Right. I don't see a smell.
1: <laughs> How high is your deck off the ground, Peggy?
11: Uh, one is, uh, I've got two levels. One is about two to two feet off the ground, and the other one is maybe
1: and is inches. And it, does it have like a lattice around it, or is it open?
9: No, it's no lattice. It's completely sealed.
1: I had a caller earlier, I don't know if you heard the lady that had an issue with rabbits, and since um, skunks are nocturnal, right, they're down there during the day doing their business. So what I would do is buy a LED work light, okay, and put it under... Put it under the deck, kind of near the house, or if you can inspect and kind of look under there and see what's going on, plug that light in to illuminate under the deck. They're not going to want to hang out there during the day if it's all lit up, okay? And the the other thing is, is that um, there is a product that I mentioned to the lady with the rabbits called Repels All, which is a shake that is a repellent for pests and if you can sprinkle that around the perimeter as well they won't like that smell leave the light on for the next three days it's not going to hardly use any electricity whatsoever and but it's going to make it uncomfortable for them and then they're going to go somewhere else
11: okay so this led work light under the deck is supposed to be on 24 hours
1: a day. You're going to get an extension cord, you know, like an exterior extension cord. You're going to put it underneath there nice and bright. You know, you can buy these things for, I don't know, 25 bucks at the hardware store or the home center. And um, put it underneath there, plug it in, and let it stay on 24-7 for the next, you know, three, four days, whatever it is, until we get this skunk to go relocate somewhere else or the skunk and the family potentially to go somewhere else. We just want to make it uncomfortable. Make it uncomfortable, and then the the shake product is very important as well.
11: Okay, would could that ever be? Could that skunk smell ever be a gas leak?
1: Could it? In other words, could you be confusing it with a gas leak?
12: Yeah.
1: If you are concerned with a gas leak, then I would. When we're done talking. Uh, hang up and call NICOR and have them come out and check it out it's okay. it's cost you nothing they'll be there within the hour and just to make sure but if that is a concern of okay. yours don't just be don't just like brush it under the <laughs> brush it under the deck thinking it's a skunk if it's a gas leak i mean if it's a strong gas leak right now my suggestion to you is you open up some windows and the doors and call NICOR right now Okay. All right.
9: Yeah. I, now it's dissipated over the over the um, evening.
1: I understand. So oh, but if I got
3: this morning,
9: I didn't
1: right. smell it. So but if you're still smelling it and that's what concern of yours, then please call NICOR. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. You got it, Peggy. I appreciate you calling this morning. Um, by the way, I want to remind you Ms. is having a, a job fair. It's on Friday, October fourteenth from two to six PM at two thousand and one West Devon. And they're going to have on-site interviews. They'll take place for all positions. Please come prepared with your current resume and proof of current vaccination, including boosters if eligible. They want to make sure that you and the uh, residents over there at Misericordia are safe. If you're looking for a job that you can truly make a difference in people's lives and work for a terrific organization, then please join Misericordia for their job fair on Friday, October 14th from 2 to 6 p.m., at 2001 West Devon Avenue in Chicago. The news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom.